Hey everybody, it's Chris. If you're a sports fan like me, or you're just a fan of a great story, you gotta check out Press Box Access, a sports history podcast hosted by Todd Jones. Todd sits down with fellow sports writers who experienced firsthand some of the biggest sports moments of the past 50 years, and they share some of the stories behind the stories, some of which they've only told to each other. What I personally love are the wild stories that you might not hear so much about on SportsCenter over the years. Like when Indiana-based sports journalist Bob Kravitz recounts the time Bobby Knight showed up naked to an office meeting with him and then banned him from the Hoosiers' locker room for the next three years because Bob wrote a story he didn't like. Or when Alexander Wolfe tells a story about going out on the town in Chicago with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra in the middle of a Bulls playoff series. Or when Dan Wetzel talks about what it was like to be in the media room when Temple basketball coach John Chaney stormed into UMass coach John Calipari's press conference after a game and threatened to kill him. These wild and fun stories, paired with stories about real sports greatness, you know, like the 1970s Steelers being the greatest NFL dynasty ever, or the legendary rivalry between Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and even the impact of protests for social justice issues in sports, make Pressbox Access a show you should check out. Pressbox Access is part of the Evergreen Podcast family, and it's available all the places you get your pods, and you can also find Pressbox Access on YouTube. Go check it out. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. In 1993, the band Green Jello had an unlikely top 20 hit with their song Three Little Pigs, which was a twisted, rockin' version of a story that we're all familiar with from childhood. A crudely animated, yet unforgettable music video helped launch this song into the stratosphere, and it has remained lodged in many of our brains for 30 years now. This week, we're joined by another cheetah guitarist, Matt Jurcevich, to discuss whether we should all let Green Jello in, or if we need to call Rambo to take care of this wild one-hit wonder. One hit is all you need To make the money guaranteed And you can live off royalties Forever And it makes me wonder Is it just a wonder Or is it one hit thunder So Jers, you picked a great song to bring to the table considering you have both a guy who's a giant fan of Green Jello and a guy who produces a podcast where Green Jello himself, Bill Manspeaker, came on and told the entire story of this song. We are probably the two most knowledgeable people about Green Jello. And you'll notice I'm calling them Green Jello uh-huh. because despite the fact that it looks like it's Green Jelly, what I learned in the episode with Bill Manspeaker of Green Jello is the fact they put the dots above the Y, the umlaut, yeah, yeah makes it an O sound. They're yeah. still Green Jello. Uh-huh. even though it looks like green jelly uh, yeah pretty awesome yeah. yeah just one of the strangest band like the history of this band is so fucking out there and chris and i dug through a couple of music videos and 
I'm sure you know this, but for the listeners who don't know this, Green Jello was a band that essentially sold themselves as an exclusively music video band to get money to shoot music videos. And boy, that money must have ran out at a certain point and they were just <laughs> pulling from whatever they could to finish this video. Right. Yeah. What well, do you remember your first experience with Green Jello? Well, uh, yeah, it was the Three Little Pigs video, but I did see what you're talking about. They had that VHS circulating around mm-hmm. with all all the videos, maybe in a, even a crew version of that one. Yeah, so the, the VHS tape was called Serial Killer, so the album that all the songs appeared on was called Serial Killer Soundtrack, Yeah, which is, for the longest time, I'm like, what the fuck does Serial Killer Soundtrack mean when I bought the <laughs> CD? It took me a while to realize, oh, it's the soundtrack to their home video release. Yeah. Which that, oh, oh man, that got them in so much legal trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole the whole band got them in so much legal trouble throughout the entirety of the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, the, the Bill, who is Green Jello, I mean, he, did he have a, yeah, he had sort of a band at the time of this, right? There were p- other people in the band. Yeah, I mean, Green Jello started as a joke to begin with. It was like, we're naming ourselves after the worst flavor of Jello, and our goal is to be the worst band of all time. Like, they they really weren't taking it seriously. I, sh- I made you pull up yeah. the video of them playing on the Gong Show, oh, yeah. where their entire goal was just exposure by any means necessary (laughs) yeah they got they wanted to get gonged as fast as possible Uh yeah (laughs) Yeah, sounded really bad i mean jurist have you watched their other music videos yeah yeah, i've i've seen them from time to time uh yeah i mean they're pretty wild pretty crazy i had the album that three little pigs is on and everything and i listened to it you know i feel like every every song that i come here that i bought the cd at d's video when i was a kid (laughs) you know know what's awesome about how i got this cd and i i be interested to know if you got any cds this way is i won this cd at kennywood (laughs) there's there was a game at kennywood may have been throwing a ball and knocking all the milk jugs off the, the uh-huh. pan, but Kennywood Park, for anyone who's listening, is an over like 125-year-old amusement park with roller coasters in the Pittsburgh area, and you could win CDs, and it was really exciting. That's where I won the Crow soundtrack oh. and also got a Green Jello CD there. Very nice. Which one do you think was the better album to win? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> last, last night, I will note, that one other music video we watched last night was the misadventures of shit man. Yep. Yeah. That's the one <laughs> shit man. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> and it was just a guy going into what looked like toxic waste and sewage and everything <laughs> and eating it <laughs> like eating little candy bars that were falling into it. It was really disgusting. Then he fell into it and he became shit man. But it's surprisingly, the Misadventures of Shitman and all the other terrible music videos that we watched did not become MTV hits. It wasn't until Three Little Pigs, which I don't know if you know the story behind this, Jurist. Do you know the story behind the Three Little Pigs video? Well, the video I know was shot by the same guy or directed by the same guy who made Tool's Sober video. Yeah. Oh. I think Fred his last name's Fred Stir. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's right. Fred. Fred. Before that, though, I think that a DJ in Seattle was got wind of that VHS that was, and he was trying to make fun of them. Uh, this is just what I heard that he was trying to make fun of them. And he played them on the radio and everybody's like, can you play that again? Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But you yeah. had bill on. So, you know, let's... well, straight from bill's mouth, the, the story goes that 
they had spent all their money for music videos. Every single time they would take it to the label. They made, they made a music video for every song. I think it's 11 songs, right, Matt? Yeah. It's 11 songs. They'd made 10 of them. They'd made music videos for every single one of them. They thought they made this great video. They'd show it to the record label and they were like, nobody laughed. Everybody just <laughs> sat there straight faced, <laughs> which if you watch the misadventures of Shitman video, You'll probably see why. You, you know what? But the, <laughs> you gotta but, be all in for that. But yeah, the serial you know? killer song, I think, isn't bad. The Toucan Son of Sam one. <laughs> we watched that one. Last I had night fun too. with that one. That's a, but I could see someone laughing at that video at least because that one has like a lot more ridiculousness to it than shit, man. <laughs> but the, musically, even there's not. Much oh, they're not. They're not there. great. <laughs> there's not much there. So. They'd done these 10 music videos. They were running out of money. They dumped all these money in these videos. They had like no money left. I think they had like $1,000 left to make a video. Like, what are we going to do? We have this Three Little Pigs song. Why they waited to last for the Three Little Pigs song, I do not know. So he's basically, he saw that his next door neighbor who's still in high school, 17 years old. Mm -hmm. He knew that he did like claymation type stuff. Okay. And he said, can you make a music video for me? You know, we have a thousand dollars. We could pay you if you do it. And the kid was like, a thousand dollars. It was like the most money he'd ever heard of. And so the kid was making the video. And so he'd been working on it all this time. And the label's like, where's the video? Where's the video? He finally says to the kid, you got to show me what you got. And basically the kid had, as you'd expect, it's claymation, had like 45 seconds done. He's like, the song's like five minutes long. He's like, what are we going to do? So that, so as you'll notice when you watch the music video, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like repetitive, repetitive yeah. use mm-hmm. of stuff. Anyway, yeah, the song turned into a giant MTV hit yes. yeah. <laughs> for a claymation video made for $1,000, which is pretty awesome, especially it was made by a 17-year-old kid. Yeah, and the other thing that's worth noting is that that kid going on to make Tool's sober video is just one piece of what is a multiple faceted connection yeah. of the band Tool with yes. Green Jello. Yes. Uh, the drummer of Tool started in Green Jello, clearly got much better at drumming <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> over the years. Maynard is the person who does the not by the hair of my chinny chin yep. chin in this song. Tool's album has, there's a track called A Message to Harry Manback, which is literally an answering machine message that they left for Bill. (laughs) (laughs) Tools guitarist Adam Jones previously had worked in practical effects on Ghostbusters 2 and Jurassic Park, helped build Green Jello's costumes. Isn't that how they got hooked up with Maynard and... I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Through that whole weird thing. Adam was making him, making them their guar type attire. Yeah. And then that's how they got introduced to Danny and And Maynard. Maynard, Yeah. Yeah, And then Tool has two songs on their debut EP that were specifically recorded in the green jello studio <laughs> right and speaking of guar <laughs> yeah guar they had played a show nobody was there but a friend of theirs brought a couple of the guys from guar to their show and there's barely anybody there but the guys from guar told bill that three little pig song that's a hit yeah. That's your hit. They told him that was a hit and they were right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. Now, I've also heard that Guar was very instrumental in helping teach them how to properly make costumes that wouldn't hurt them because they were building stuff out of chicken wire and putting oh. it over their head. And the dudes from Guar were like, yo, let us introduce you to foam. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like, foam rubber is a little bit better than <laughs> chicken wire and barbed wire and all the other wires that you can put around you. Yeah. Green Jello really went for it, you know, trying to 
use the music video to their advantage. They were more a music video band. Would they have been huge without a music video? I don't think so. No, I I don't think so. So Guar is a, I mean, not to turn this episode into a Guar episode, but at the time that we're recording this and by the time it comes out, my friend's documentary, This Is Guar, is dropping on Shudder for you to watch, which is a two-hour breakdown of the entire history of Guar. But that band was a video band as well. Like they started with like, this is just an art project that we're forming a band for someone's movie. And then the movie never got finished, but the band (laughs) persevered. Well, the, the song, I mean, uh, let me, let me take that back a little bit. The song may have made an impact like it did, but not the impact like, like the billboard impact. You, you and, mean yeah, getting the, all the way up to 17 on the <laughs> billboard hot 100, yeah, which is insane. Bill's wow. voice is, is um, unique. Yeah. You know, and it's a, it's fun. It's yeah, you know, stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. But it's just like for telling a wacky version of a fairy tale story, it just all fell in the place where he's just this little prick, little prick. You know, it's just it's it fits so well, but it's not something that translates past that. You know, well, I gotta tell you that <laughs> beginning after not, of course, I had the CD even before I had the CD. I had the cassette single of the song as soon as it came. I was perfectly in the wheelhouse. When did this song hit? Ninety three. Uh, this would have been so when it peaked on the chart. Anyway, it was June of ninety three. I had just gotten out of school. And I was 13 years old. And this <laughs> video comes on MTV. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we had to love this. This is probably around the time I met you. Maybe I met you a year later mm-hmm. or something. Maybe a year earlier. It's right around yeah, that time. Right yeah. around the time I met you is the time this was hitting. And this is so exactly everything that we would like. Yes. Everything about it. And dude, when Rambo comes out at the end, that is the <laughs> funniest. Th- that was like... And honestly, Yo, using yeah. <laughs> and using the snare drum to represent the bullets is so brilliant. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> like, very good. But it's, I gotta say, I hadn't listened to this in forever until we were doing that episode with Bill for Chris to makes a podcast. And then, in preparation for the episode, I'm listening to it, and the beginning of that song. I was fired up. Yeah. When he let me tell you the tale and the three <laughs> little. <laughs> It is. I seriously got <laughs> fired up by it. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. I have had, I'm sure everyone has this if they're even slightly a musician, but you're like driving around listening to someone else's song and you're imagining yourself doing whatever instrument it is you play. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like, I just imagine be, even doing a cover band at a local show when that snare hits to kick into that guitar riff, just how wild <laughs> you're oh, going man. on stage when that like, bah, 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 like instant like, pit. Hey, Jers, I know, I swear to you, you said the same thing to me that you and I are on the same page with this. When I have those like listening to a great song and have those like rocking in front of people fantasy or whatever. I told this to Chris to makes, he goes, what are you talking about? Why aren't you picturing yourself playing at like Wembley or like at in hundreds of thousands of people? I still to this day picture myself as like a young kid playing at the school talent yeah. show and you walk out and people are like, what is this? And, and by halfway through the song, they're like ripping the seats out of the yeah, auditorium. Yeah, my, mine's like a teachers, bar basement. Like, yeah. It's like a local dirt show. Like, yeah, I always picture the teachers are trying to control it. The principal's trying to stop it. 
uh-huh. the cops are trying to shut it down, but the kids are like, <laughs> still to this day, I'm a grown man. I know. <laughs> and that's still the thing because that's what it's always been. Yeah. I do that too. It's, it's that setting. For some reason, I always picture the the Icy Light Amphitheater whenever we went, used to go see Warp Tour. Uh-huh. I always picture myself there being the lead singer over top of everybody. Okay. And it's always raining, but everybody's still there. Well, that's a real, that that's more like what you should be. <laughs> I would still like that to happen. But to me, it's still like I'm that kid that like, just wants to destroy the school. Like, I don't know why. I think that was just implanted in my head is like, this is what it's like to be a rock star. No, I, I also do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but so funny. The talent show or, you know, just even like, why, why are they setting up in the cafeteria during lunch? <laughs> yeah. Right. What is this? This is wild. Right. Yeah. And what's funny too is, Matt, you talked about like picturing playing that. Well, now, in recent years, I think for a long time, Bill, when he goes on tour, he just gets people from the area. Like, if he's going to Florida, he's like, who do I know in Florida that can come just be my band and play the shows? Like, that's been going Amazing. on for a long time. So if you want to be in Green Jello, I think you just hit up Bill and be like, hey, Bill, I'm in Pennsylvania, so if you come here... I'll be your bassist, you know, or whatever. And I'll be like, yeah, I believe they have the Guinness book of world records for the most named band members. Really? Over 700 or something like that. And they're not really worried about being crispy. Good. No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And what's really interesting about this, and I'll give you the cliff notes on it. Once again, I should say that if anyone's really interested in this, listen to the Chris to makes a podcast episode with Bill Manspeaker talking about the writing of this song. But I don't know if you know this, that each of the pigs represents an actual person when he was writing the song. And he had never talked about this before. He came on Krista Banks. He's like, no one ever asked me about this before. It's like, (laughs) these are actual people. And I think the first pig who moved from, he was like the hick who moved to the big city. Yeah, he made it out of straw. Yeah, that was him. That was Bill. He was writing about himself. The second little piggy. That's the stoner in Venice. This is unbelievable. When he said this, I was like, no way. Back in the day, and I know that our friend PJ can can vouch for this, and, and Steve and Paul probably too. I think he may have been there for this. In the first times we'd ever gone to LA area, there's this guy who, I learned his name. I forget what it is now. But he wears a turban and he wears roller skates and he has a little like plugged in amplifier that he wears like on his hip or his backpack and plays guitar and he sings these songs that's like skate dance harry perry harry perry and that guy's been doing that i think from we didn't know he was well known we thought he was just this guy like riding around <laughs> the santa monica pier i typed roller skate guitar and the first thing that popped up was roller skating guitar player from venice beach yes. harry perry <laughs> right <laughs> and so we'd experienced that guy i think maybe we had bought his cd he was selling his cds out of his backpacks he was just like a local crazy guy uh-huh. and we've all seen him yeah we we experienced that guy in person and i guess he was well known maybe he was in like beverly hills cop in a scene or something like maybe in the oh, background or something. Okay. He was in some movies and stuff. Um, I have the full list here. Oh yeah. Uh, so he, Harry Perry had numerous cameo appearances in several films, yeah, I think I've heard including of this Fletch, Dragnet, White Men Can't Jump, uh, Tenacious D in the Pick of Destiny, 
and then the TV shows CSI, Heroes, and ne- America's Next Top Model. Wow. wow. Well, that's who the second pig was based after, <laughs> that guy. Wow. And I was like, what? I've, I've met that guy before. That's who, I, that's who the second pig? And then the craziest, weirdest one was that the third pig, who, what, what were he? Well, his dad was a rack, rock star named Pig Newton. Right. Or Nugent. Nugent. Yeah, Pig, Pig Nugent. Nugent. Yeah. <laughs> that was that, that was his, not even, it's not like he was even created yet. That was his future son. That was him picturing his future son. Okay. And now he has a son. And his, by the way, Bill's son, his name is, Chaos Diablo, <laughs> which, which I think is which I think is the awesomest name I've ever heard for it's a pretty kid badass. in my life. He was like yeah. seven years old when Bill was on the podcast. You could see where he was at. He has right in Hollywood. He has a place where he makes music videos, and it looks like the wildest fun house you've ever seen. That oh, was that the background. Like yeah, yeah. He was like, "Come on out here, make a music video. Come on!" He <laughs> was just like the wildest, craziest guy. I thought that was interesting, and then. The other thing I learned is the Rambo part, there were alternate versions. One was that the Kool-Aid man burst through the wall, uh, which seems like, you know, pretty on par with all the the cereal foods and stuff like that. Yeah, Uh, food mascots. But but they decided on the Rambo part. (sighs) Wow. Kool-Aid man, the Rambo. That's a big jump. Yeah. I mean, mean, it it wasn't obviously to not get sued because Sylvester Stallone (laughs) can sue you too. Sly's probably even better at it than Kellogg's and shit. Yeah. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. I'm not going to lie here. I've become a factor fanatic lately. I'm a busy guy and getting to eat restaurant quality meals that are ready to heat and eat in two minutes has been amazing. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You have 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. I've been spreading the word to everyone I know, not just here on the podcast, but in person as well. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. You get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the math doesn't lie. Factor is less expensive than takeout, Plus, considering every meal is dietitian approved, it's also nutritious and delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today by heading to factormeals.com slash one hit 50 and use the code one hit 50 to get 50% off. That's code one hit 50, the words one hit and the number 50 that is, at factormeals.com slash one hit 50 to get 50% off. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. I'm Shane O'Hare of the Geekscape Games Podcast, the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape.network. Join myself 
Derek Krenevelt, and a guest every fortnight as we discuss video game news, video game reviews, and dissections. That's Geekscape Games every two weeks on Geekscape.net. By the way, speaking of, what did they do to Rambo with the lyrics? Or unless we're going to get into the lyrics later or something like that. Well, there's a lot of lyrics to break down. I think we've told the gist of the story. <laughs> so what did they do with Rambo? Well, Rambo I, came and killed the wolf. No, no, no. But in the lyrics, it's they taked out Rambo. It sounds like that to me my entire life. <laughs> no, he, call, he called 9-11 like any he piggy, piggy would. They called up Rambo as fast as it, they could. They, didn't, they don't say called up Rambo. I'm telling you. Right, and, I'm saying, I got the lyrics and, right and the in front of me. the lyrics are uh, sent out oh they sent oh they sent out he Rambo doesn't just say as fast either as of those could. things it sounds like he says taked out I hear sent out I heard sent I hear taked out <laughs> I, 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 I hear Look, don't right you try now? to dentist doctor this do, do you know about the dentist doctor thing from the Sum 41 song oh yeah it's the same as the Laurel and Yanni yeah yeah, I, yeah, 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 I, yeah I'm telling a, you that's that's Laurel for a, me man a, you guys it's are a real blue, yet. blue and gold dress or a white and black dress situation <laughs> yeah. we have here yeah <laughs> uh, but anyway all right so you guys hear that it's two it's Two against one. We're going to get our sent versus taked debate going in, in our Facebook group. I just, it, and takes not a word. It, it's I just, it's what I hear every single time since the first time. I, and I'm like, and that doesn't make any sense. And <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess that could make sense. Like, you might stumble on your words and say, like, like they were, they took him here, but like they take them out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can't see them doing multiple attempts at the vocal no, track. On no. Song. They're like, that's good. So I want to highlight, just looking at the, the top 20 chart, the fact that this song hit as high as it did in the Hot 100, I thought for sure when I Googled where this peaked that we were going to get one of the songs, it's like it peaked at like 70, you uh -huh. know, 17, Chris. Yeah. Uh, so, some, so this was above, above Aerosmith living on the edge. Nice. <laughs> It was above the stereo MCs connected, Ooh. Oh, which was the band That's... that for a split second I thought, oh, are they one hit wonder? But Aren't they? No. But what got above them, he had like nothing but a G thing by Dr. Dre on the charts. Have I Told You Lately by Rod Stewart. The Bad, Boy, Bad Boys theme from Cops by Inner Circle was, mm. oh. was in there. <laughs> Some PM Dawn and set a set adrift on memory bliss. No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what song? Looking through patient eyes. I don't remember that. I have no clue what that song is. It hit number six, <laughs> but number one was Janet Jackson. Nice. With that's the way love goes. <laughs> Man, is that a good song? I wish I could go back to a time where I could turn on the radio and hear Three Little Pigs. The, the theme from Cops, <laughs> and and that's the way love goes. I think that was a very good time for the radio. That'd what be, a crazy yeah. time to literally be top 40 radio, and this Three Little Pigs song is just on your docket for a couple weeks. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and they always say that they suck, which well, okay, they, does the same thing. Yeah, there's like, we suck. It's like, from the first time I heard them, it, those metal guitars are squealing. They sound pretty mm -hmm. good. Drums are pretty big, and, you know... Echoey and they said they're good musicians for the most part on some of the songs that I've heard, but I guess their composition is a little bit barfy. <laughs> barfy is a good word for it, but yeah, it's also it's punk rock in a way. Yeah, it, it's it's like the definition of punk rock. You don't care. You're not trying to 
play perfectly. You're just <laughs> you're just getting up there and doing your thing and you're being obnoxious. You're being yeah. offensive. And something that I really I've thought this before, and Matt, when Matt played that clip when we're figuring out if it's sent or taked, do you guys think there's a chance that the vocal stylings of Bill Manspeaker may have influenced the vocal stylings? I know this is kind of not like a band that maybe everybody knows, but I would assume a great chunk of our listeners know. The singer of the band Say Anything, Max Bemis, oh. they definitely both have that like three little pigs. <laughs> when I... Yeah. I need to bring up something that I just saw on the Wikipedia page. So as we established, Maynard guest vocals on Three Little Pigs. There's someone else who's listed as a guest vocalist on the song The Three Little Pigs. Wow. Pauly Shore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> I'm assuming he's maybe also doing the not by the hair of my chinny chin chin with Maynard, maybe. Yeah. Like I can't think of any other pot, part where Paulie Shore's voice is popping up. Maybe he was Rambo. <laughs> maybe he was. Who knows? Oh, you know what? That does kind of sound like Paulie Shore <laughs> doing a Rambo impression. Maybe. It's yeah. a it's a greasy Rambo impression. <laughs> Rambo buddy. Yeah. How, how do we feel about Paulie Shore? Oh, I think he's greasy. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> at the time that this was coming out, probably my comedy god. I watched so much. I watched so much jury duty oh, and man. in the army now. Oh, yeah, like Encino Man, Encino Man, son-in-law, exactly, son-in-law. Yeah, son-in-law is the one. No, <laughs> no, some grindage. I loved for whatever reason. I loved. In the army now and jury duty so much. Those as a were kid. really good. Hey, this this is very fitting that I made to Matt and I, Jers and I, not Matt Kelly and I. Jers and I play in a band called Another Cheetah, and to our song Vega. If you go on YouTube and search for Another Cheetah Vega, I made what I wanted to make look like it was from the movie Son in Law. Oh, yeah, so I took right. all, all <laughs> I took all the. These clips from Son-in-Law and told the whole story, the plot of the movie Son-in-Law set to our song. And at the end of it, I put the part, which it still makes me kind of laugh out loud, that me and PJ have both talked about how we got chills at the end of Son-in-Law when the dad goes. <laughs> after the after like somebody gets knocked out or whatever, and the, and the dad sits down at the table and goes... Now let's munch on some grindage. <laughs> and like just chills everywhere. Like the dad finally accepts crawl. That's a good uh, character actor there too. I don't remember his name. Oh, he's, yeah. he's in everything. That yeah. dude rocks. But yeah, when he's when he uh finally accepts Polly at the end there, yeah. I think I cried a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, those are <laughs> he has an amazing catalog of comedic movie. That movie also has Tiffany Amber Thiessen in it. And and it has Oh, what's the the main girl's name? She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, Carla Gugino. Yeah, just call her Carla. I mean, in son-in-law, <laughs> I think, especially being a kid, I thought she's the most beautiful woman I ever seen. Oh in yeah, son-in-law. And Tiffany Amber Thiessen's in that, so that's saying mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah. When, once she dyed her hair orange, <laughs> and she she became punk. Yeah, I, I, Tiffany Amber Thiessen never did it for me. It did it really? for everybody in the nineties. Wow. Yeah, I was I was a Jesse Spano. Oh, I was. That, that's everybody gets real mad at me. Wow, that uh, I was. I liked her better. I could have seen you know being a Lisa Turtle or but Jesse Spano. I didn't like Lisa Turtle shirts she wore. They were always <laughs> real bulky and ugly. You probably yeah. got excited when Showgirls came out. I then. did. <laughs> I did get excited.
So I want to I want to just bring up two songs that have been that are on this album that I just don't I I I, I think about them more than I should. And I know that you both have owned the album. Do you remember a their cover of Anarchy in the UK, which is all of the normal lyrics, except that they make Flintstones references. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't remember that, but that's in- amazing. Yeah, it's Anarchy in Bedrock, and it's just, they literally are singing all of the lyrics, but just will randomly change it to like, I am a Flintstone. Get <laughs> <laughs> like- yeah, yeah. something yeah (laughs) and then there's the song called house me teenage rave okay well that's not what it was originally called yeah it went through a couple different names it was i think it was called hit me teenage babe or or something something like like that but it's literally just a rave soundtrack with a dude just tripping on ecstasy giving like you know, like the opening conversation in Undone from Weezer? Yeah. Just imagine that for four straight minutes, but it's a dude just walking around talking to people at the club while he's tripping on ecstasy. <laughs> uh, you see, my memory of that song is it was like an orgy or something like Maybe that. Maybe that's was, what there was, it was. There was people, there was women moaning in it. <laughs> it's a weird it, song yeah. to listen to, though. Hey, what's the monkey? This is the monkey, baby. Say hi. Say hi to the monkey. The monkey likes you. Yeah, no, he doesn't bite as long as you're nice to him. And he's like, he's like, I brought the monkey out. Check it out. And they're like, oh, can I pet the monkey? He's like, go ahead. It's like, wow, I was listening to that at like 12. (laughs) Uh, Man, Jers, now, you know, we play in another cheetah together. And in another cheetah, we try to write songs that are good. Right. Meaning we're not, (laughs) I've always had this, this fantasy and it shouldn't be a fantasy at all it should be totally doable and easy as hell of like having a studio set up which we do now which we do at our -hmm. our band practice and to just be able to be like make the craziest music to make the next green jello album to do stuff like this yeah and i think that's all that was going on here was like it was people having fun and and just doing whatever and not caring what anybody thought. And look at where that, I mean, okay, Green Jello didn't have a big long career after that, but they had a hit song. A hit song came out of it. It's huge, huge hit song. The way that they impacted the time and their attitude towards everything that they, that they came at. It's like, we suck. We don't care. We're going to rock as hard as we can. Yep. We're going to make a giant mess and leave the stage on fire and get the hell out of here. Right. And that went right along with the early 90s vibe. And mm-hmm. it, they just sunk right into a, to a, a route and just took off. It's kind of an interesting question. Could Green Jello have happened? I mean, the band could happen right now, whatever. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. saying, could the success happen now? I don't think so. <laughs> now, you see... You ask that you ask that question, and, and you know you hear different answers for it. But this the the way this story is set up, it's just a, I think it's adorably timeless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. if you just if you didn't know the video and you didn't and somebody heard that, they they would think it was at least you know an older person would think it was cute. You know, I, like like there's there's something to it to where Guar's like 
that song right there, you got to get that out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, but here's right. here's yeah. my flip side on that. Here's mm-hmm. why I don't think it would work. Okay. A, no one watches music videos, and that's a huge thing that sold this song yes. for people. B, people's intention spans are so short. I don't know if they get through the the guitar part intro conversation before the, the actual riff starts on the song. It's unfortunately true. I mean, he kind of... Okay. You'd... Pr- Probably have to cut the the riffing, but if he started on the sit right back and I'll tell you a tale part, maybe that might catch my attention. I I don't know the little pig, little pig, yeah, or yeah. the not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. That might always be funny. Do if you cut this down into bite sized pieces and put it on TikTok. I was literally just thinking this song could have a resurgence on TikTok. I think that you could get people to just do the little pig, little pig, let me in part as something on tiktok and that it could like re maybe it'll go higher than 17 it could just take oh, the world by storm close calls <laughs> close call tiktoks you know like somebody almost like you know fell into something sure not by the hair of my chin chin chin, chin. chin. Yeah. there you go tiktok you're welcome yeah there you go. go get it kids <laughs> you're welcome bell so green jello are they thunder are they a blunder <laughs> <laughs> Are we do listen- we have to go Green Jello or do we have to go this song? That's that's for you to decide. That's but. the question. We we usually go full scale here. We go full scale. I I think I know where I'm going with this. Yeah. I think I'm going with Thunder. Yeah. Because okay. because a the song's a banger, the band stayed true to who they are, and like from what you're telling us about Bill. He took this weird, we're going to be a music video band and turned it into a career where he lives in like a Pee Wee's Playhouse studio of music video making. I mean, if our goal in this is always to determine, did people make the best of what their hit was? It's a resounding yes on this band. Yeah. Because this shouldn't have been a hit, period. And he took the anomaly that this song was a hit and made a whole career where he's doing what he loves doing full time. That, to me, is thunder. I feel you on that, Matt. I'm going with Matt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, does, it doesn't really matter what I think, but I'm also going to agree. The guy was sweeping floors at like one of the television studios in, in Hollywood and and made this crazy music and took it to the top and then turned that into then from there being able to do video production. I think he got someone to... Sp- to give him millions of dollars to like build a studio. And then he did, he did videos for lots of other people. So if this big thing, the only thing I'll say is that when it comes to green jello, I'm probably not listening to any of these other songs. No, <laughs> I will always get psyched to hear three little pigs though. I think it rocks. I can't imagine how fun that would be to play live. Oh yeah. And uh, I think that he's created something that that's, pretty timeless there so i think it's interesting and also i will note there is this hilarious video which you can easily find on youtube of bill who bill by the way i'll say this over time he is green jello like he's had a ins and out but he is it he's the singer and where he gets bands together of people and he'll get asked to play shows and he'll be like okay i gotta figure out how much I need for my flights and I got to be able to pay my band and whatever. And he makes these deals and someone, a promoter stiffed him just like disappeared after the show. And I think he was in Canada somewhere. So he made this like 20 minute long video of him 
finding the promoter, banging on his door in the morning, <laughs> waking him up and just belittling him and being like, get in the fucking car right now. Get in the fucking car. You're going to get me my, you're taking my, uh, money out of my kid's mouth. Get in the fucking, and just, so the guy got in the car and he's, taking him to the ATM and just belittling him the whole entire ride, <laughs> just talking shit. And, you know, it's a little much, but at the same time, like for anybody who's ever been in a situation where they got stiffed, it's like, this is incredible. Yeah. This is yeah. just him just calling him a piece of shit the whole time, making him go to the ATM and get the money after he ducked out after the show. It's pretty amazing. Some people you stiff, some people you don't stiff, and Bill is not a you person do not that stiff. you stiff. <laughs> you do not stiff the guy, the three little pigs guy. <laughs> Where's my money? <laughs> and they called out Rambo. We should actually really quickly mention that the riff for uh, Three Little Pigs is smoke on the water. Right. That was the big <laughs> that was the big reveal in the episode was that that's another thing that Bill had never told anybody, but that it's the riff is basically smoke on the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a slight, slightly uh-huh. altered version of it. Ba, but. Ba, 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 ba. Yep. You know what? You changed one little thing that never lined up in my mind until <laughs> yeah. you said that. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Ophalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Lucky by Another Cheetah, which is available on any streaming site. Do you want to start a podcast? Then contact Chris or myself at WeKnowPodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. And tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. 
What's up, everyone? This is Jay Reason, and I want to let you all know that Diablo Zen Podcast is now part of the Sound Talent Media family. Listen in as me and the one and only Danny Diablo, a.k.a. Lord Ezak, interview artists from the hardcore punk, metal, hip-hop scenes, and beyond. We have conversations with guests like actor Peter Green, DJ Muggs from Cypress Hill, L.A. street photographer Estevan Oriole, Jimmy G. from New York City's legendary Murphy's Law, and pro wrestler Vampiro, to name a few. If you're a fan of good discussions, lots of laughs, tune in and join the fun.